I believe <laughs> it's I um, grinding the curbs. No, it's getting gnar on the shred stick. Is the last ah, one? Oh, I was shit. so close. <laughs> I'll work on. We that. have an episode title. All right, you know what? I feel like we're ready. Let's do a podcast, everybody. Let's this kick it is off. episode fifty-six of GearBuds Podcast, and we are super stoked because we have an amazing guest on the phone today. We have Sophia Nadia from Cold Beaches. What is up? What's uh, up, you guys? Henry and Dave. It's good to be here. Uh, thank you room. so much for joining <laughs> us. And there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in Sophia's world right now, and we're going to dive into all that business eventually. But first, we've got some segments that we like to run through every week, so we might as well get started on those. Let's dive into the Symphony of Corrections here. Uh, as always, your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Uh, <laughs> Sophia, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, got a little little side hustle where we have completely rebranded cables as tone tubes and now actually we're starting to sell them uh, and it's super weird but also if you were here with me uh and dave you would be getting a one of your one of your own tone tubes as as a gift so um just you know know in the future that at some point when we can make human contact again you are owed a, a tone tube from from GearBuds. oh amazing what makes them different from regular it's a good question oh there are, really aren't words uh, i think the best way to describe it is that if if you were trying to summit tone mountain uh you should you should trust a tone tube over a cable and that's how <laughs> i'm just gonna leave it at uh, that okay right on do you have that do you have that written down somewhere man that's great <clears throat> no write that but down, i'm write going that down. to i'm going to after this should be at the top uh, of the website for sure <laughs> <laughs> the top of the website website that's mostly stock photos of people giving the finger and yeah <laughs> that actually that's better maybe uh so yeah tone tubes not cables.com do that uh i want to thank we you know what it's i think i think that we're starting to see that people have way more time on their hands we're getting a lot of new listeners and super excited about that so i just wanted to thank y'all for for tuning on in with us uh and as always follow us instagram facebook subscribe spotify blah 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 blah. uh still can go to gearbudspodcast.com slash free dash stuff to get all of like the free software and plugins and cool stuff that companies are doing right now for people uh stuck at home so check that out uh, also for episode 55 listeners, just, just a quick little apology. I'll throw this in the corrections. We did have some technical issues last week. Didn't we, Dave? <laughs> that was my fault there. Um, yeah, real quick, just knocked the, uh, knocked the old power strip. I think before we started recording and my system defaulted back to my internal speaker on my MacBook. So, uh, if you want to hear what I sound like in real life, not over a fancy microphone, uh, definitely check out episode 55. <laughs> sounds more like you're doing a zoom call with your old buddy, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know whatever shit happens we we're we, back we today though on. man triple checked yeah, it dude. uh me and henry went over uh went over with a fine comb before we started today so we're ready to go uh and one last thing i wanted to say here uh so universal audio has just put out another update where they um, i think it's version 9.12 of the software and that includes the neve 1084 plugin uh, which i was super excited about but didn't get around to installing it and it turns out that is for the best because there are many technical issues mm. happening so uh for our uad friends and fans and listeners out there that also use this this stuff uh, maybe hold off for a minute on updating to 9.12 there is a workaround uh ua sent out an email about it but just just wait for a minute they're going to fix it next week Cool. And uh, with that, we're going to kick it over to my favorite segment every week, Dave's Docs. 
Yeah, got a Dave's squeezed one in this morning, man. It's been a busy week, uh, but I was happy to uh, have some time this morning to watch a good one. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this band called The Doors. Uh, I've never the heard of them. Yeah, Jim, this guy Jim Morrison, he was okay, you know. Um, no, this I watched this movie called. Um, it's called When You're Strange. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, it I'm is, familiar, my man. Yeah, have you seen that one? It's been out for you know. I think 2010 was the date on it. Um, Got really good movie, man. It's kind of they, they mix a lot of cool footage that you've never seen before. If you, even if you're a huge Doors fan, um, you know, really just talk about the history of the band, how they came together, um, what made them special, and you know, it was, you know, I think the thing that I took away from it is it is they're definitely one of those bands where nobody in the band could have been replaced and it would have carried on. I think it, you know, they wouldn't have been them without Jim, and Jim wouldn't have been a lead singer without the Doors. I couldn't imagine him singing for another band. And I couldn't imagine, you know, Rayman Zerk playing for anybody else either. So it was uh, it was a great one, man. Um, it's available. It's on Amazon, YouTube, all that fun stuff. So Hell yeah. Um, yeah, big Doors Qu- fan, man. I think, yeah, I definitely grew well, up. Well, quick poll. We know you like it. Uh, Sophia, what do you think? Are you are you a fan of the old the old Doors of Perception? Um, yeah, dude, of course. Back door, man. <laughs> Ooh, good call. For, for yeah, that's, that's, that's a good That's kind of that's a deep cut, piece. actually. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think that was like a B side or something. It like was, that. yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you guys are both, y- y'all are both uh, s- getting down with them. I mean, I gr- of course, I grew up on it and, you know, had that same double disc CD that, like, oh. you know, every, every person had. And whatever. I stole it from my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Wow. Yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I just, I can't listen to the doors now as a grown ass man and not think <laughs> jim morrison is a buffoon like some right. of the shit that came out of that dude of course yeah he was like cool and whatever i think look part of it is also the fact that i, I think a lot of people saw what jim morrison did and that led to a lot of to very many transgressions from not as talented artists throughout the yeah. years and just people sure. trying to be fucking assholes um so maybe that's what sort of tainted it for me but i don't know i just i can't listen to that shit anymore and i he, and i mean you know i like robbie krieger i'm down yeah. with that shit Dude, he plays the 61 SG. I mean, yeah. come on, you know, a finger style. It was really Dude, fun. I got and, a red SG almost specifically because of Robbie Krieger <laughs> as a young man. I get it. I don't know. Yeah. I just like Jim Morrison kind of spoils it for me. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, clearly, like, you know, he was like a he was he was an alpha male like asshole for sure. You know, um, and, and was he you know, you could even argue that he that he really wasn't that talented as a musician. You know, he was more of a poet. He was kind of wanted to be an actor. He went to film school. Um, yeah. He was this eccentric dude on stage. He was kind of, you know, you couldn't take your eyes off him once he was, once he was on stage. It was kind of a, a oh, weird he was thing. Beautiful. There's no a gorgeous doubt man, it. great cheekbones. Um, but you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't see him going in any other direction, but being the lead singer of that band and kind of ending up the way he ended up too. I mean, that was a fire that was going to burn, you know, it was going to burn out pretty quick. So, um, you know, they, I think he, I think they were around for, I think in the movie they said like 52 months or something was all the, uh, the length of the Whoa. entire band. So Four if you put years. that in perspective in months, you know, that's, uh, not very long. So Damn. yeah, but, um, but yeah, I recommend it if you're a Doors fan or if you just want to know more about them, it's a good synopsis, not super long. It's like an hour and a half. So it's not like a crazy four hour doc or anything. So right. it's a good, good little watch. All right. Question. Would you rather watch that or would you rather watch Oliver Stone's The Doors? I, I like that movie, but I haven't seen it in like 10 years, so I, I don't know if it holds up. Yeah, I don't know. Sophie, have you ever seen that? I, I haven't seen any of these now. With, with Val Kilmer. Um, with Val Kilmer, like, yeah. Yeah, they did a biopic basically. In the, I think it was like the early 90s maybe or something. I don't, um, honestly, I don't really remember. But uh, Val Kilmer's in it. I also Matthew don't Dillon. remember if I like it or not. So great question me because I don't even have an answer. 
from what I understand, it's actually pretty accurate. I think for most people who are like into the history of the band, there's a lot of stories that go different directions with those guys. Um, and I think I, I think it's fairly accurate. Obviously, they Hollywood it up, you know, and, and all that fun stuff. But um, I'd recommend that too. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a fun right movie. On. Yeah, sick man. What do you nice got for uh, riff riff library today? Oh, what do I got? I you know what? I'm I'm about to throw you a little bit of a curveball, my friend. Okay. What's well, up? so uh, for for those who may not know already, Riff Library is a segment where that used to be I would talk about a different music book every week, but that's just way too much reading. So that <laughs> has pivoted into me talking about a different record every week. And the thing that's special about this week is that this this edition of Riff Library could also it, it could absolutely cross into Dave's Doc's territory, Ooh, and like that it. is because this is a soundtrack. And I'm holding the record in my hands right now, and it is called You Weren't There, A History of Chicago Punk, 1977 and 1984. And this is the soundtrack to the documentary of the same name. And the super cool thing is that not only is this, you know, a double-sided vinyl record with a whole bunch of cool Chicago punk on it, but it also includes the DVD of the documentary that you can't get anywhere else. Whoa. That's so great. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to obviously loan you somehow uh, this this disc so you can watch it and perhaps talk about it in a future episode because it's awesome. It's real. I mean I I'm not gonna get into the movie because I haven't watched it in a long time, but it's basically mm-hmm. the history of Chicago punk, as one might guess. Uh, yeah. And it starts with what most people would say. Definitely the first punk band in Chicago. Some people throw them on the list of just some of the first punk bands of all time called Tutu and the Pirates back in 1977. And then that goes all the way up through 1984 with the band Seismic Waves. But some of the bands on here that you might have obviously heard before, bands like Naked Ray Gun. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Articles of Faith is probably my favorite. Uh, Verboten, who's getting a lot of attention right now because Jason Arducci has made the... um, musical about them his first band and you know of course he's a famous bassist and such now um mm-hmm. but it's really cool i the the music's awesome it's it's early punk for sure and, and a lot of it is you know of course very sort of lo-fi recording which which adds the vibe but i don't know i went back and and the one of the cool things i would say is that it's a lot of the music on here you can't just like find anywhere else some of it's demos some of it's just you know s- stuff that has never made it to spotify because it was just this sort of uh, you know, moment in time where punk happened in Chicago. So I don't know. It's yep. awesome. I'm, I'm, hi- I highly recommend checking it out if you can get your hands on the co- on a copy of it. You weren't there. A history of Chicago punk, 1977 to 1984. Fuck yeah, man. That's awesome. Did they mention yeah. any venues? Like any of the venues still around? Uh, no. Well, so, so yes, they did. None of the venues are still around. Uh, in fact, the one of the things that they talk about in the movie is uh, you might have heard of La Mer Vapeur, it was called. It was mm. what most people say is the first punk venue in the United States uh, or the first punk dance hall, I guess you might say. Uh, but there were other I think there was another place called like O'Banions or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, if you ever watch any sort of any just early punk documentaries or even any pretty much if, if you talk li- listen to Steve Albini talk for a while, some at some point he will talk about La Mer Vapeur, cool. uh, which is how I know about it because you know it closed before I was born. So <laughs> sure. uh, miss that. But check it out. Yeah. That's uh, that's my riff library for this dude. week. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, future gear. I don't have a whole lot to to talk about this week. I think the one main thing I want to mention is that Moog has come out with a new synth that I'm pretty excited about. It's called the Sub Harmonicon, and it's in that sort of same world as like the um, 
DFAM or uh, they've got a couple of these small sort of semi-modular, your rackable synthesizers that are on the more affor- affordable side. Oh yeah, the Mother 32, that's the other one. Nice. Um, but that came out, it's it's definitely focused a little bit more on being kind of creative and weird. It's got a couple four-step sequencers in it. It does a lot of sub-bass uh, cool stuff, but it also, of course, you can patch it with any of your other Euro rack or Moog stuff. Um, so that's out. You can check that out. I think it's $6.99. It's available, available now, huh? Available now from your favorite Great. retailer uh yeah and then also i just wanted to to quickly talk about a good friend of the show former guest and uh just just all around wonderful person uh mr balthazar delay i've been working with him we've sort of talked about it a little bit i've been working with him a lot recently on his new amp that's about to come out and the first five videos that i made for him have come out into the wild and you can go check them out now oh oh really yeah man hell yeah fantastic uh, they're on the old youtubes and he's been, i think he's doing daily releases of the on the instagram live and then I'll, I'll have five more for him next week i think the the plan is just to, to put all 10 out once a day beautiful um, and that's been super awesome because uh well for, first of all i haven't spent this much time reamping in the past as i have uh, in the past as i have now and that's been a pretty cool learning experience and something mm-hmm. that i feel like i've got kind of down pretty quick uh pretty a good little method going there and uh and also just getting to know this particular ribbon mic the se electronics vr1 uh, yeah. he actually suggested that and and you know he's a former engineer and did that professionally for a long time people like the smashing pumpkins and such and he said that he thinks it totally kills the royer 121 which is like three times as expensive and i've wow. got to say i mean i can't speak to that specifically my my use with the, of the 121 is much more limited compared to this mic but i love it it sounds like throw that and f- like all the sounds if you go and check out the demos it's all i didn't do any post-processing or anything it's just the vr1 the ribbon mic and then an, F- an sm57 like pretty much right next to each other so i couldn't so i would avoid any phase issues uh and then Beautiful. just blended slightly panned and man it sounds so so awesome i absolutely freaking adore those two mics on an amp now like i just want to mic every amp in the world with those two mics. <laughs> that's a that's a great tip man especially for somebody looking for like an affordable uh affordable option yeah, yeah i think they're only like 400 bucks which you know it's not like that's super cheap but compared to most ribbon mics it is absolutely yeah. on the affordable side of things Beautiful. uh and it just it does the thing and it does it so dang well so yeah go check out uh, i think it's just balthazaramps.com or whatever his other social stuff is um, and check out those demos. They're out there, baby. Great amps, man. Cha. All right. Uh, I feel like I've been doing a, a little bit too much talking here. So it's time to, to time to talk to our friend Sophia here. So we like to do a little thing I call a couple two tree randos where we just kind of uh, kind of learn a little bit more about you here. So first question I've got for you here, if you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, totally regardless of your talent or their talent or anything like that, like you could just you could put yourself in those shoes and, and felt what that felt would feel like, who who would you pick? Uh, Simon from the Quavy Sisters band. All right, I'm listen. I don't. I'm not familiar. You're gonna have to tell me about that. Um, the Quavy Sisters are a. They are. Um, you might guess uh, sisters from Dallas, Texas, and. But all three of them play the violin and they sing and they play Western swing and they are incredible shred legends on the violin and they also sing beautiful three-part harmonies and they play with them their band is a upright bassist and a swing guitarist and what I would give to just fucking with them like that (laughs) I love them and they're like the sweetest people alive too so listen to the Quaby sisters and you've met them before 
yeah dude like seeing them live is like my christmas they're just wow you know, they have also given me some really great um uh playlists to listen to that have been really inspiring on the road so i don't know they're just i re- i have a lot of respect for them they're very you know inspiring and incredible people and uh so yeah you nailed that! Wow, you had—I feel like you were just—you like were so on top. You knew, yeah, right. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I came like up when with we the question, and I don't feel that prepared. That. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right. I've got—I've got another one for you here. This is—I don't think we've got—I we, don't think I've used this question yet, but um, I it, this actually came from—I was reading as I am want to do. I was reading a thread on the gear page, and it essentially boils down to this: What would you do? What do you want to happen to your gear when you die? Whoa. All right. Well, you know, uh, I got a friend who I gave my first electric guitar to. I feel like he he would get some picks, you know, if he wants the SG or if he wants the siren. Sorry, guys. There's <laughs> literally four fire Dave, trucks. Are you uh, playing Classic Grand Theft Auto Five while we're sitting here? Is we like, may, yeah, I'm just messing on? with. Sa- no, I'm doing the soundboard that we talked about. No. <laughs> Sorry about that. Milwaukee Avenue, guys. I apologize. Oh, no worries. I'm Please. definitely not editing that out. That is okay, great. the episode for sure. <laughs> All right. Back to my Please uh, unnecessarily uh, morbid question. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like obviously my family would have first picks. If they want anything, they can just take whatever they want. But yeah. my, my best friend, Francisco, who I've known since I was like 13, he said when he was a freshman in college a while back, you know, that he was going to learn and teach himself guitar. And he actually kept with it every day. And now he's, like, writing music. So I remember when I moved to Chicago, I gave him my first guitar because I was like, you learned it. Like, you can have this. So That's such a cool answer. I love that. Oh, badass. Yeah. Dave, what about you, man? I don't think I've asked you this question before. Yeah, you've never asked me that. Um, Wow. I mean, I guess, you know, my wife, if I die before her, but, um, you know, if I ever... (laughs) Or if I ever have a kid one day, I don't what know, a lovely conversation. Some, some some fairly valuable instruments. So you know, I'd, I would want someone to get the most out of them monetarily if they if they were in a bind or something like that. Um, oh, so you're t- like selling them and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, you never know yeah. what'll happen to them, but you know, it's it's kind of a, some semi investment. So you know, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, Henry. Um, I, well, I want to ask you that question, and I also wanted to ask you: Have you ever given a like given a guitar away? Ooh, uh, just yeah, in general, a couple, a couple times I have for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying, you know, so to answer that question, I would have to break my rules of, uh, you know, accessing the internet and such during an episode because, so for those who don't know, I think some of you probably know, I'm very obsessive about a lot of different things. And I happen to have an extremely detailed spreadsheet with every single piece of gear that I not only own now, but have ever owned. Right. So, uh, to answer that, I would have to, I would have to check my sold tab, but I've, <laughs> but I've got to tell you that, but what, uh, just a quick little, quick little aside here. This is, this has become something of a project for me over the past couple of days in that, uh, because I have this spreadsheet, I, I sort of decided that I wanted to go through and decide who would like individually who would get what. Yeah. Uh, so Dave, I've got to ask you, uh, I, I'll, okay, here, I'll tell you. So I, I've allotted a few items to you. Really? And and I want I want you to guess. I'll give you a hint. I want color, you to guess. Color me what, flattered, man. Well, I mean, you're you're my, you're my bud. I appreciate uh, that. I, I okay, so it is I I I've allotted one stringed instrument to you and one amplifier to you. And which do you think those are? 
Oh man. Um, cause you know, I mean, you know what I've got. Yeah, I do. Uh, you have quite a few guitars as well. So I'm going through the list. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting that 75 P bass back that I sold you. Oh, you fucking nailed it. dude. <laughs> You're getting your bass back. Baby. What, what's better than selling you something and getting it back for free? Uh, <laughs> Only at the expense of your death, I guess. But uh, right, exactly. Um, Dude, okay, it, so you, you, I mean, I had a feeling you're going to get that. I'm curious to see if you will, if you will get the amp. Dude, I, I cannot think. Uh, I cannot. Th- well, oh, maybe the 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 cool like triangle Yamaha thing. That was that was the that would have been that was number two. That, yeah. would, that I have I haven't figured out who gets that yet, but I because I was just kind of trying to stick to like one a person sort of situation. <laughs> that was that was not that was not it. It was the it's the Ampeg. It's a VT40. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, that thing is so great. Thank you. I just, wow. I, you know, I'm I was going through help. the list and I, I couldn't think of anybody else that, that should have that more than you. Um, oh man. I appreciate that. It is my favorite guitar amp of all time. And, and I'm aware of that. It is one mm. of mine as well. Uh, but really I just fun. want to say one last thing. So it turns out I, I was actually talking to my, my good buddy, Jimmy about this and, uh, Jimmy, I'm sure you're listening. What's up, man. And he reminded me that this isn't the first time I have, uh, I've, I've gone down this road and he's like, dude, I'm pretty sure we did this already. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he forwarded me an email from 2013 where I had sent him an email with this sort of like vaguely legal language in it where I attached my gear. <laughs> list at the spreadsheet at the time and basically said like you have right of attorney for all of my gear should anything happen to me oh wow so not <laughs> like i already i already gave this all away so i i informed him i was like hey i'm, I'm updating the will then in that case so i'll send you the updated one once that's ready to go oh my god all right that's, all Whew. right that's a that dark one but i kind of like I it know. man it's a good exercise you know it is a good exercise all right back to back to a couple two true randos here uh putting you on the spot for a second here sophia do you do an impression or an accent i've been touring for quite a while and i think (laughs) (laughs) accents because i'm from you know the east coast um originally and my first tours were up and down the east coast the most fascinating thing to me was like touring to jersey or boston or new york or down to like the carolinas and uh hearing like the different accents and now like i think I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I feel like I make oh, toot, the band. Oh, Let's hear it. <laughs> well, um, I am so excited about this. You don't, you have no idea how much I'm smiling and like uh, on the verge of cracking up right now because no one ever wants to play along with this. Ridiculous I love question. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so actually happy. seeing the same exact thing. I'm like, Henry's finally getting somebody to play along with this one. You know, I don't know. Um, I probably annoy the shit out of my bandmates for this, so you know, I'm down to humiliate myself outside of the van considering um, all right what do you got i got i got jersey i got um i have like a southern like Virgi- like almost west virginia accent more like western virginia um wow. okay there's texas very very specific there's you know north let's just start in jersey jersey all right <laughs> okay this is amazing <laughs> all right <laughs> Hey, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Mom made lasagna for dinner. And where are you at the bar with the boys? Always at the bar with the boys. (laughs) That's really good. Thank you. I'm crying real tears right now. This is the best day. Oh, my God. Oh, can I, can you, can you give it? I mean, that was so amazing. Can you give us one more? I want to hear this weirdly specific Western Virginia. Me too. Okay. I'm Cause I'm from, uh, you know, the Virginia suburbs of DC. And then if you go a little okay. West of those suburbs, you're in Appalachia, like Shenandoah. And, uh, sure. 
I have a lot of friends. Well, I'm surprised you didn't yeah. drop an Appalachia on us. Yeah, it's kind of like Appalachia, you know. Like I don't want to say it because like it's probably not perfect, and I don't want to piss off anybody. But uh, um, here we go. Let's hear it. This is for Eric Collada, my bassist. <clears throat> this is like kind of my impression of him. <laughs> he said this one time when we were getting gas in Pennsylvania. <laughs> he said, "Hey, my grandpappy made moonshine over that hill right there." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, yeah brother i mean like dude when you hear that song like dude that shit's so fucking good like when that guitar comes in it's like shit man like all right you know what i mean like <laughs> give me another beat. <laughs> <laughs> i Excellent. don't even know what's happening anymore and i think that from i don't actually want to continue the episode i just want to listen to sophia do accents the rest of the time yeah these <laughs> are incredible, incredible. I don't know wow, why. I just okay. like love Ooh. it. I just love nice it. Nice job. Thank you. That was so good. All right. Uh, last question here. And this comes from, so we, we, this actually technically isn't our last guest, but we had technical difficulties uh, during that episode as well. <laughs> Go figure. And so this question actually comes from a previous guest, Sam Porter, uh, who you may or may not know. Uh, and he wants to know uh, if there has been a moment where you feel like, in the things that you, the creative endeavors you've had, your goals, that sort of thing. Is there a moment where you feel like you've kind of reached some sort of pinnacle or, or like you, you've, you've achieved something that you, you had really set your mind towards? And, and what was that? Um, well, I think the biggest thing for Cold Beaches and like the journey of that has been like the attitude of if there's four people that are seven hours away you know we're gonna go and drive seven hours to play for those like four people and um like nobody really knew what cold beaches was or who the hell i was and you know they they don't like seeing like a young little girl with like a guitar just strutting around town but um i don't know i feel like over the years of touring constantly and constantly putting music and challenging myself and sacrificing relationships and with friends and you know partners or you know things like that Mm -hmm. to do this constantly and every second of my life and now I feel like it's crazy because if Sophia when she started Cold Beaches saw that like it's like normal to see like really adorable people in the crowd like screaming the lyrics to Moldy Peach Sore Bruiser or you know people in I've never met in states I've never been to before, you know, acting like they have known me like for years. So it's, um, I think that is probably a thing that I never thought would happen. I was always content with uh, being a waitress and like doing music on the side and I just kind of assumed that it wouldn't go any further than that. So, you know, anything from this point on is like very, I'm very grateful and it's, um, it's incredible. I don't know, I really like that. Beautiful. Wow, well said. Love that. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm sure there's there's plenty more to come. Uh, last thing before we leave the old uh, couple of randos here is that uh, we like to have our guest ask our next guest a question. Uh, you don't know who it's going to be, or and it, there's really no expectation about what that question is, whatever you want to know. So do you have something that you would like to ask our next guest? Sure, sure. Let me, let me think for a moment here. Sure. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world and the world wasn't in a global pandemic where would it be and why boom perfect love it that is going on uh 
Actually, I was going to say, we actually have a bunch of guests booked for the next few weeks, but I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to say who it is yet. We're going to have to we're gonna have to leave it in suspense until until it happens next week. But You'll have to tune right. in next week. Yeah, maybe 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 uh, this is the best episode ever, so you should see if we repeat this magic next week. <laughs> Whew, all right, so we've started to get to know you, Sophia, a little bit, um, but I kind of want to I want to I want to take a little deeper here. Let's let's dive back. So when um, what was like what what was your start in music? Did you did you start playing guitar? How old were you? How, what was that like? Um, I am pretty sure it's very. I've been playing music for as far as I can remember. My dad said that I, I think like I just saw someone playing music on TV when I was like an infant and like begged him for like a thing and I think it was like a toy drum set and I can't play drums still and then I got like a toy keyboard and I taught myself piano when I was like six and then Whoa. two years later I started playing guitar so um, yeah I, I don't know I just kept playing music and I think by the time I was in elementary school well like the end of elementary school that's when I started writing music and then I played my first shows when I was like 13 or 14. Whoa. Wow. Wait, so did you take lessons or how, were you self-taught or did your family members teach you or how did that work? Um, yeah, I was self-taught, you know. Um, oh. I used to, when I was like in elementary school, write down questions on sticky notes and uh, <laughs> like give them to my general music teacher like every Tuesday or whatever Wow. about like reading music and playing it. But, you know, the starter instruments come with like a little book that like teach yeah. you like how to read and like what strings are on the guitar and stuff. So I kind of was what just was doing the, that. Do you remember the starter instrument? Would you know what the first guitar was? Yeah, it was a, uh, uh, what's it called? The, you know what I'm talking, the, it's, it's not like a squire, but it's like trying to pretend to be a squire. But first act? First act, yes. Yeah. Whoa, Dave nailed that shit. I was like, I have no idea. I know, I know cheap uh, beginner guitars, man. That's, that's but it jam. was an acoustic <laughs> version. I think it was like oh, trying okay. to be like a Yamaha solid top guitar, but it was like really yeah. tiny, like just a little bigger than a ukulele because I'm really tiny. Right. Yeah. Do you still have it? Yeah, my dad um, still has that. He like refuses to throw it away, which is really cute. You know, he's like, that's cool. first guitar. That's funny. I've got to be honest. My dad kind of went the opposite direction. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's very supportive, but recent, like maybe within the past couple of years, he made me take my old guitars out of his basement. He's like, you got to get these out of here. So, <laughs> but you kept them. I, oh, I still got those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah whatever. Man. I'm not getting rid That's of them. Hell no. uh, whatever. Stop talking about myself. Uh, Sophia, what do you remember? Was there like, do you remember, was there a certain music or something that you, that you wanted that, that sort of triggered that where it was like, oh, I, this is the thing that that I that I want to do that seems cool or I, I really connect with this um I'm not sure I do remember like listening to this is so like typical but I don't care you know they're great yeah, they're great whatever. bands but maybe not great people but um you know I was like obsessed with like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath oh, yeah. and um then I like started getting into um like Neil Young and like folk music and I started as like a singer songwriter almost like a folk singer mm -hmm. and then I like for a talent show when I was a freshman in high school we like had these twins that are friends of mine Yashu and Tashu that play like every instrument and they were like a backing band and then I just started oh. playing rock music and then we became like my first band and oh wow yeah how far back it was so when did i guess how far back does the cold beaches thing go was it were, were you already did you have it was it called something else back then or did you was it just your name like how how are you handling that 
Um, Cold Beaches started because my first band um, from high school, like, I had done as much work as I do for Cold Beaches, like writing all the songs, all the recording time, all the tour booking. I went on my first tours with them, all those things. And then, um, but like we were credited as a band. And uh, what happened was I like turned down all these colleges when I graduated high school a year early to go on my first tour. And then I moved to Richmond two hours south of the suburbs of DC. And then the band broke up because the drummer um, just there was conflict between the twins and it just kind of took everything apart so I was like really depressed because I just moved to a new city and like turned down yeah. school right. for music right. and then I met <clears throat> the late Connor Wood who was like he was like my best friend and I met him at a party and I told him what happened because he was like why do you seem so sad and he was like I'm gonna make you a rock star like don't worry about it like I'm a frontman, but I will play drums for you if that means like you can have like full control and it's like your project and no one can take oh. it from you. And then he named it Cold Beaches because I wanted to be Beach Queens. And he was like, I am not a beach queen. And so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one time he, he really stood his ground then, I guess. Yeah, he that. was like, no. And I was like, what about like Cold Beaches? And he was like, Cold Beaches, hot bitches. And I was like, all right, like whatever. Let's all do right. it. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. So wow. So I guess it really does go go pretty far back then. Yeah. Uh, what was so? I obviously you talked about the one move, uh, going down to to Richmond. What sort of led to the to the move here to the wonderful Windy City, uh, Chicago? Um, I was planning on leaving Richmond because I felt that I had done everything I could do, and I needed a challenge because the scene is really small. It's incredible, but it's very small. So I wanted to like learn more and like, you know, try and overcome something else. And I was like, well, I'm going to move to New York. And because mm-hmm. everybody on the East Coast, they like go to Richmond, then they go to New York. I don't know why. Sure. And then they don't last six months and they move back to Richmond. and They stay there forever. But um, yeah, that was the plan. And then <clears throat> at the time, this is like when I was becoming closer to a local band here in Chicago that was like touring all the time and we would hang out. And we had like a lot of mutual friends that just it would just always happen and i was in philly one time on tour and the local chicago band was on tour as well and what band is that uh they're called twin peaks oh yeah katie and katie has been on the show we are we're big fans of those guys love those boys very very nice and colin i i got colin got locked out of his hotel room my credit card got canceled because i was touring so much so colin covered my hotel room and then oh. had to s- crash on the couch because Katie fell asleep with the keys in his pocket and <laughs> oh wow <laughs> it was like till 4 a.m like colin and like the rest of the band before this like all night it's just been like why are you moving to new york like have you ever been to chicago like if you haven't come to chicago you're not gonna move to new york like it's never gonna happen like when are you off tour august so are we you're gonna come to chicago you're gonna visit and then like it oh happens. cool you know, yeah, they were right. They were absolutely right. Yeah, I I tend to agree. So, how long have you been here now? Almost three years. Congratulations! Wow. Uh, nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you get to have a sweet uh, stay-at-home quarantine anniversary party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, what's so obviously? I mean, you're the, you are you are cold beaches. You're the driving force. Like, what's the dyna- do you have a band that you still play with that came back? You know, from back home. Like, how does that all work? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have the sweetest, 
sweetest, and let me get closer to the mic here, sweetest <laughs> boys, Virginia boys. Like, they are pure Virginia. They are the, I just love them so much. They're smart, talented, handsome, great, respectful, awesome people. And um, <clears throat> they went on, like, my first, like, big tours, I guess, after Connor passed away. And, um, and before, actually. And so when I moved to Chicago, actually, my first tours when I was still here was with them. Like, I'd go to Virginia and pick them up and, like, tour with them because it's hard wow. to, like, trust people enough to tour with them, you know? Right. Yeah, you're, you're close quarters, and how long are you going to be out on the road, you know? Months, and and months. trusting with your vision and your music, for sure. Well, that's even bigger, yeah. Yeah, they're just all around just, you know, really great people. And um, I know that, like, when things get stressful and, you know, things always go wrong on tour, you know, they they actually, like, are helpful and respectful and, you know, just sweet. And we have a lot of fun, you know? So it's a great time. So, uh, what, I mean, how do you, how do you guys, do, do you still practice? I mean, obviously right now things are even, even more sort of challenging, but like, how do you, how do you sort of keep the, the material up with them? Or do you just do rehearsal sessions before you go and play shows? Like, how does that work? Well, you know, I have a, like, I just find musicians here, like as I need them, <clears throat> you know, and I'm just like, I really need a yeah. drummer. And now I have like, um, people that I'm playing with right now like I don't know if it's like permanent but they're really sweet mm -hmm. gotcha. and um but like I feel like the musicians in Virginia are probably it feels like more you know because we've been working together for so long but basically what happens which hasn't changed by the way since I was living in Virginia it didn't it doesn't matter if I'm here or there because I do the same shit I'm like such an asshole sometimes I just like <laughs> I just like storm into my drummer Noonan's like house and I'd be like Noonan I have a show tonight you don't know any of the songs I said you're I need a you need a drum for me uh and I need your drums and you need to learn these songs <laughs> okay and I would just like email him the songs and like it didn't he's awesome. like so talented he doesn't really he's just kind of telepathic I guess I don't know. So he never really needed to like practice the songs. I was never worried about that. Same with Eric. I mean, the bassist. He's uh, they're both so talented that like I would just like show up from Chicago and I'd be like, all right, let's go practice in that shed for like twenty minutes and then go to our first show. All right, let's do it. We're on tour. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> what a talented group of guys, man. That's that's crazy. Yes, yeah, I love that. Very fortunate to have them. Hell yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, you're writing all these tunes and and teaching them to people on the fly and such what's your i mean take us a little bit into your <clears throat> your writing process you know are you are you the sort of person that sits down and just writes a bunch of riffs and then strings them together and is like oh i got to put some lyrics together or does it happen the other way like how do you how do you how do you tend to construct your music i'm I, i'm sorry if you hear my cat by the way um <laughs> i oh I, actually there you need to pay your cat tax and get it to meow into the microphone for yeah. us that's just like part of the rules here yeah hold on one second. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could grab my cat right now and make her do it, but she is nowhere to be found. Yeah, mine was mine was out before we started recording, but he knows the rules. He got out of here. He didn't want. I don't the cat think he tags. knew. The, I don't think he knew the rules last week. I think he he jumped right on in. Yeah, he he bit me in the ankle last last episode. Oh, Forrest. Do you want to say hi? No. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you did to him to make him scream like she that. Just, so. She just does. She's just really talkative, so she just. Yeah. She's just sitting on my lap. Was, that was perfect. All right, baby. So your writing process is to go find your cat. Uh, what's your cat's name? 
Gidget, like midget, but with a G. Oh. Gidget, got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take her out of my room now because she won't shut up. I love you. Goodbye. Anyways. Oh, that was perfect. All right, so yeah, well, tell us a little bit about about the old the old writing process. Yeah, it's um, I'm kind of just like a typical writer. I don't actually know what typical is, but I have like that's why I'm asking. Notes. I want to know what a typical writer is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just have like tiny little notebooks that fit in like a pocket. And I just kind of always have them on me. So usually when there's not quarantine, like I'm just like, whatever I'm doing, I always just end up thinking about something and I'll write it down. If I have a crazy dream, I'll write it down. And I'm always constantly writing poetry. And um, then at some point I just sit down, I'm playing piano or I'm playing guitar. And I'm like, huh, okay, cool. And then I'll like go through these books and I have like under my desk is just like piles and piles, like stacks of notebooks that I filled over the year, the past year, and I just kind of go through them until I find something I like. Or oh, there's going to be worth some serious scratch on the old eBay someday, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Somebody put those in your uh, in your gear wheel. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious. I mean, you know, obviously we're like, there's this huge, giant, ridiculous, scary elephant in the room, and I feel like sometimes we're like trying to like not talk about the Rona and all this stuff going on, but whatever. I'm curious, have you, how have you felt being you know quarantined and all the shit that's going on how has how has that impacted you as a songwriter i feel fucking stupid man i'm not even gonna lie to you it's uh i'm like mad at myself because before this all happened i was complaining about how i never get to spend enough time at home and how i'm always on the road and how i like Mm -hmm. can't like catch a break and like all this stuff and now it's like oh fuck i'm such an asshole like Ugh, what? So, you know, I'm, like, a little conflicted because I thought I just needed some time at home and, like, I would feel rested and rejuvenated. But, um... Mm -hmm. You know what, though? It's just... It's tough because I I feel the same way, but it's it's so hard because... At the same time, this isn't this isn't like we're just all on vacation and everything's fine. You know, there's right. this existential grief and crisis and 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 pandemic. So it's like I don't know. I I I keep trying to remind myself and even probably remind our audience every week that like it's it's also okay to not be feel like you're being super productive and amazing and creative yeah. right now. You know, like mm-hmm. it, 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 ideally, yeah, of course we'd all be you know whatever writing shakespeare and shit like but maybe that's not maybe that's not going to happen and and that's sort of okay too you know of -hmm. course i mean i find myself um really restless so i'll like go running really early in the morning or skateboarding or like i'm constantly cleaning now and like before i was never home so it was like well Mm -hmm. it's not my mess but like now i'm like (laughs) and same for like (laughs) writing and i'm like doing a lot of like freelance stuff and like taking classes for the first time in six years because why not um because ivy league schools are offering free classes right now um oh yeah what are you uh what are you studying i am studying advanced music theory classical music and arrangement and composition oh holy shit now you're just talking about not being productive and that's like the most i know i'm like you just contradicted yourself I'm like, I, I play a lot of video games. Uh, I yeah. watch my TV. Hey, I play World weed. of Warcraft, too, man. I've been playing oh, a nice. lot of World wow. of Warcraft, which has been very oh, nice. Man. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like I kind of it just it's kind of like everything else. It's just waves of either one. And 
I also need to like constantly make sure that I am like recognizing my privilege too because now I kind of feel like this like privileged guilt every time I'm bored because I'm like wow of course like the only thing I have to worry about right now is like having things to do there are people without housing right now and they're they're not safe and I'm like oh am I an asshole for being bored like I'm like oh god you know well and going back to the creative process thing like do you think I mean obviously it'd be nice to just be struck by lightning and and feel inspired to write something but do you feel like sometimes you just have to get the tools out and put them in front of you and 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 just kind of almost I don't want to say force yourself but kind of force yourself to write something have you you know have you sat down and tried to do that because there's a fine line between like you know forcing it and then being like completely inspired out of of thin air you know yeah no um i have one thing i really have learned is that through this whole experience it's like playing an instrument it's kind of like drinking water for me like i'll be like why am i so fucking depressed and like not interested in anything it's like i haven't touched my guitar in two days that is okay now i know you know it's kind of like oh Mm -hmm. we'll just solve all your problems you just pick it up like just like do whatever but i don't think i ever sit down and i'm like i'm gonna write a song because i'm constantly writing and i honestly don't have like a shortage of new material it's just like over the past years every release has been me going over like 50 songs that i've written and like trying to pick them for a concept and like arrange them in the right way but um so that never works for me i don't know my brain is just like oh i need to do something yeah it's not gonna happen you know <laughs> but, yeah um yeah oh the, the inner contrarian i think a lot of us uh, a lot of us art- artists have it's it's a it's a curse and a blessing i think <laughs> um so I, we, I already you sort of touched on just like picking up the guitar, and I, th- I feel like we've gone a little too long without talking about gear here for a minute. So I want to talk about uh, your guitar and sort of like <clears throat> the tools that you choose to use. I, I know that I've definitely seen you uh, photographed with an SG. So uh, what's up with that guitar? That was a Christmas present from my parents, like at the oh beginning of Cold Beaches. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> Coolest parents ever. I had like a like a $80 Ibanez Geo before that. And that's the guitar oh, that yeah? my best friend has. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, now I have this one and it's it's my baby. And um, that's all. I only have one guitar. I only have one amp. I only have like four pedals. That's 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 bold right there. I, I love mean, it. What do you I I guess I don't I don't want to jinx it, but like what happens if you break a string live? You know, it's happened so many times. It depends on which string it is, you know. Because sometimes, yeah. like, and luckily, most of the time, like, it's been on, like, a co-headlining tour or something where it's like, oh, we're giving your guitar real quick, you know, or yeah, right. something. But, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happens, and that's that, and I don't know. You just play around it. Well, I mean, I think that that's a way more rock and roll attitude than me. I'm just like, oh, I gotta have backups for the backup and be ready for any, anything that possibly happen, but whatever i mean it's it's rock and roll i just i don't know i'm not i'm just like not one of those people who's like going to buy like another guitar i feel like i'm just always i don't know i never really put too much thought into it honestly (laughs) it's uh well it's i mean the sg is a hell of a guitar not to put a lot of thought into because it just it just does the thing is that i think it's an sg standard right Mm -hmm. it's uh, a one of the best 100s Ah, yeah, that was like whatever. However many couple of years ago they they did that, it was like the hundred thing. Yeah, oh, I, I remember, remember those, that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Sick. Henry, I'm, a, Henry, I'm kind of yeah. jealous of people who can just like strip it down like that and be like, I have one guitar and one amp. Like it kind of makes oh, me like, it kind of makes me inspired, you know, like no, me that's too, all you man. need, you know? It is all you, you can only play. It. You can only play one at a time, right? One at a time, baby. Well, some people maybe two, but yeah, Michelangelo Badio. I was always <laughs> thinking, you know, because I have like a you know drum kit and I have a synth and I have all this other shit, and I was like, you know, it'd be so cool if I could just like clone myself, and that way I wouldn't have to like get musicians for every show. But then like those clones would probably be like, I'm not gonna be her side musician, and then they'd start their own Cold Beaches, and then there'd be like six Cold Beaches bands. I'd have to compete with. Oh my god! You need to. I think. I think we've just discovered. I know you have a new record coming out, but I think you've just discovered discovered your next concept in which every song is a different clone version of Cold Beaches <laughs> writing the song. Yeah, there you go. That would be cool. You know, one drum centric and one synth centric and stuff like. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's that's awesome, but also just like the most. I've got to say, like the whole stereotypically front person thing I've maybe ever heard. <laughs> like, I just want to clone myself. Fuck playing with you other people. Uh, but I. I mean, I honestly I feel the same way, so I get it sometimes. Uh, so you've done. Oh, you already you mentioned the guitar. What what amp do you like to plug into? Um, I don't know if I like to plug into him, but he's a PV Ultra Tube, um, one twelve. He's right next to me, so. Um, he's caught and he, on and fire. He. Yeah, he. Girls don't aren't this troublesome. I feel you know. <laughs> like he's a troublemaker. He's a degenerate. He's gotten me into so much shit. And the poor boys at Shake Shop, shout out. Um, you know, every I really come in. And he's like he's not working, and it's like he's working fine. I'm like I swear to God he wasn't uh. working. And like I don't know, he's like caught on fire like so many times, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> endangering like the kids and i feel like the asshole because like now like if something happens at the venue you know especially if it's like a few years ago and i was playing like you know shea stadium in new york back when that was like a thing that you know it caught on fire at the last note of the last song of the set and everybody thought it was on purpose and like this Whoa. kid's face is like inches away from the flame and i'm like this is a fire please step away and they thought i said this is so fire and so they were like, yeah, this is fire. And I said, no, this is not, you know, this is not a drill. And they thought I was like, you know, hyping it up. Hold on a second. Did you just casually uh, drop yeah. that you just played Shea fucking stadium? I noticed that too. <laughs> the DIY space. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? I was like, wait a second. No, I have not heard about it's this. It's like legendary. And I, was, and I literally thought you meant the Shea Stadium. I'm like, you played like, where the, the Beatles play? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, Holy it was shit. like, you You should definitely look into this because it's super interesting. This place was awesome. It was like my, my first show in New York actually was there, I think. And it's like two floors and it had like a balcony and it was like a Is very- yeah, 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 definitely. I can't remember what neighborhood it was in, it was in, but it was like such a cool spot. We played um uh, I think just two shows there. But the the second time my amp caught on fire and that wasn't cool cuz it was like there's like 400 people like packed in and this is so fire. Did they have to like extinguish your amp or what what happened? Um my bassist at the time just like unplugged just it, it and he was just like we we're all just like stepping back and it slowly just stopped like it was just like smoking for a second and then it just stopped and we we're just like all right well and uh I actually didn't go check it out 
or anything. Um, and then it, it didn't catch on fire for like, yeah. It just worked at the next gig again? <laughs> yep. And then like, I Those think like PVs, four man, months later. Like tanks. Yeah, I, I don't it. know. It just like happens randomly. It happened one time, I think uh, in California as well. Um, and then one time Bike in Coastal. Canada, in wow. Vancouver. So, you know. <laughs> So do you, uh, do you, do you plug any pedals in between these things that uh, also catch on fire or like, how does that work? The pedals are very, very well behaved. Um, I am right now using a big muff and a Bose chorus and, uh, a boss chorus. Sorry. Um, and am I using anything else right now? I have like a little ditto that I use for song, like songwriting, but totally. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, that's pretty much. Do you, are you like a, you know, turn them on and just leave them on all the time or do you use them to punctuate moments? How do you, how do you do the fuzz in the chorus? Uh, the chorus I use quite often, especially lately because I have been doing like a three piece thing. So I use the chorus, like if I'm really trying to fill it in and if I'm trying to like yeah. make it like bassy and just like really tight, I'll turn it off and do clean. And then for like the really hard songs, I'll like you know to really like make sure that it has that energy and like if i'm like especially if i'm playing a riff like i gotta like you know so oh, you gotta fuzz that out gotta fuzz yeah. it out baby and, well and that's <clears throat> i mean one of the things i want to talk about so obviously uh, you've got this new record coming out i was lucky enough to get to check a premiere of the video before that comes out for the song somebody and um you know, not going to get too much into it, but one thing I did want to ask about the song rips, by the way, thanks for sharing that. I'm super into it. Um, there's, there's some pretty distinct fuzz guitars going on in there. Were, were those big muff or were those something else? Um, I was using a big muff. I was also using this tone bender. That I was going to ask if it was a tone bender. Yeah. Oh man. There was a tone bender in there. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a rip off of Led Zeppelin. And, um, uh, uh joe madonia who is a music attorney um lent it to me for a while because greta van fleet didn't want it or something so i took it and uh i was using it for quite a while um also charlie was on that record so he did it thank you so much i really appreciate it i'm excited to share it with the world yeah, I can't wait for the world to to get some more of it. So when does, tell us about the record. When does that come out and what's going on with that, all that stuff? That is coming out on, at the end of July. I don't know if I can say the date yet because, okay. but yeah, end of July. And between now and the end of July, there's going to be um, like two singles, well, three singles and two music videos and a new line of merch and live performances and yeah whoa Whoa. you've got you've got the whole thing figured out that's that's like super pro what (laughs) do you do you have a is the is the name uh of the record out in the world yet is that a thing yes it's called drifter (laughs) drifter what is tell us what is why why is it called drifter um because i feel like my mental health really depends on whether or not i'm touring or not um touring gives me a really you know a long time of reflection i'm sure any musician who tours like understands like being in transit being in the van for like hours and you just like are being really quiet and like are just when i get home i really need to work on this or like my relationship Mm -hmm. with this person isn't that great when i get home i'm gonna do this you know you really start Mm -hmm. like thinking about that and 
I feel like right now everybody is trying to figure out, you know, because I have not had a tour coming up in six years. This is the first time I have like, oh, I'm just like not going to be touring for a while. Like that's wow. So I really don't like at first was really confused about like how to move forward and like still be myself because that was such a big part of my life and myself. But I feel like, you know, a lot of artists feel that way and um, not just artists, like everybody feels that way. And so this is just my way of like explaining those feelings. And I'm sure it'll apply to everybody else as well, whatever their escape is, you know. So, yeah, Um, That, that genuinely sounds like something the the world needs right now. Uh, which is super cool that uh, you're able to to start putting that out there. Um, you know, obviously, you've mentioned already there are no tours scheduled, and anybody putting out a record right now, uh, you know, that's typically the the move. You you put out a record and you go on tour, and that's just not the reality. So I'm I'm curious. You know, obviously, you've got this sort of really cool and and uh, thought thoughtful plan for the for the lease for the release of the record. But I mean, how are you? I guess you know, what sort of things are you doing to approach this release differently, you know, and, and what, I guess even further sort of like what made you decide to, to continue on and put the record out now instead of delaying, like I think a lot, you know, some other, some other artists are doing right now. Well, to answer the delay, uh, it was supposed to come out in January. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, un- some unforeseen uh, circumstances happened that were really unfortunate. So I had to postpone it and then it was going to come out in like April and then, or March, I think it was going to come out in March and then I postponed it again to June and then I postponed it again after the pandemic to the end of July. Um, So I'm like, I'm just at this point, it's like, well, you know, it could be a year, it could be two. And I guess the difference now is like, I've never been this nervous before releasing something, but I feel like the whole point, usually for me, it's like Cold Beaches is such a live band. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's like, I'm going to release this record. I'm going to go on tour and I'm going to write a new record. And like, that's just my life. And I don't know. Uh So I'm nervous, but we are like, actually like everybody on the team that's been working with me, who I'm super grateful for and been working super hard. Like we are trying to be creative and I really do want to, you know, be with, my audience and be with like my fellow musicians in the scene and you know we're gonna like all be together in this beautiful digital internet universe and hang out and we're gonna talk about stuff and I'm definitely gonna like find a way to put my energy out there I have no idea how but it's gonna work Uh we're gonna we're doing a lot of like live streams and I'm gonna be kind of just way more active on social media because I've been very bad about it lately well, I, you know, there, there is a certain element of social media burnout. I get it, but, uh, you can definitely count on us and any, however you do decide to, uh, push these things out there into the world. We'll definitely support that with our, Absolutely. with our means. Um, you mentioned live streams, I guess, uh, that's just something I've been sort of a little, I don't know for like me personally, sort of a little hesitant to, to jump into, like, how are you, how are you approaching the live stream thing? I mean, obviously jamming live remotely with not your band and stuff is, is basically impossible at this point. So how are you, how are you going to do the live streams? Well, um, my, my, um, friend Jack, who's been playing drums with cold beaches in Chicago, he has like a software that you can like play music together without the delay. And I forget what it's called. Is it Jam Kazam by any chance? Possibly. 
because um, that is something we've been sort of talking about. Yeah, we've been out, talking about that a lot. That yet, so yeah. that's that would be super. So it, it works for you though. I've never tried it. <laughs> oh, you haven't tried it yet. Okay. Yeah, like right, lately, it's just been like, oh, like I'm just gonna, like I showed him a song and he was like, send me, uh, you know, re- recording of you doing scratch vocals and scratch guitar to a metronome, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna record drums over it, and like that's how we've been writing lately, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just passing it over and over and over again. And it's great that we have those capabilities, though. You know, it's so easy to record at home now. Um, just to be able to send those tracks back and forth, at least get something down, even if it's a demo, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be crazy, like, if it, we were in, like, the 80s or something. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be fucked yeah, up. Yeah, right? That would be really cool. Like, recording <laughs> over, like, a phone or something. Mail, like, mailing, like, reel-to-reel. <laughs> yeah, mailing tapes two-inch back tapes. and forth. Yeah. Or like even even like the, you know, late 90s or early 2000s, like it's like telling my roommate, hey, get off the phone. I need to use the Internet to look up yeah. like chords. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> it would the suck. Oh, man. Yeah, we that that is that is actually a totally good point and something to remind ourselves that we are kind of lucky right now that we have the Internet and Netflix and food delivery and grocery delivery and all that shit. Like Seriously? it absolutely could have been whole heck of a lot worse you know we can still we can still keep making stuff if we want to this is true this is true yeah and i mean i guess it's also important to like for me to remind myself like it's not just like artists and musicians but you know i've been like talking to some people off the cold beaches instagram and like we've like whenever they're like oh i'm excited for your record or like i really miss seeing you play live it's like yeah like they're probably like they were looking forward to festivals and had like things planned out and i'm sure like that's like a huge part like that gives them the same joy that it gives me for performing the shows so you know it's just like damn i really wish i could provide something to help so i guess live stream is the next best thing yeah it's like a it's a gift i mean it's something you know to give people to help them out through this time yeah it's probably not gonna help much but you know i'll do what i can do (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, we all we all are trying to do what we can. I think that's the important part. And um, wow, I mean, I, I would I would love to to try to we can wrap it up on that sort of positive note there because there there's some hope still for us and we've got we've got some time ahead of us but honestly i don't know i think we're gonna make the most of it so sophia that was awesome thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to to talk about about your projects and everything that you you've gone through and such where um where should people where should people go online to to check you and and your music out well you can go to coldbeaches.bandcamp.com and the pre-order link for my new album drifter will be out on Tuesday, May nineteenth. Nineteenth? Oh, okay, awesome. Oh. So this comes out on Monday the eighteenth. Next day. Set yourself a little Siri reminder. Hey Siri, remind me to, to go buy some cold beaches. And <laughs> then uh, and then do that on Tuesday because I know I'm going to. Oh, uh, awesome. and what about like socials? Uh, where where do they find you there? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at cold.beaches and you can also check Facebook, which is Cold Beaches Music. So you know, if you want to hang out, let me know. We'll have a good time. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. That was so great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, for having everybody me. go listen to Cold Beaches. Everybody take care of yourselves. Yeah. I love all of you. Thank you so much. Be well. Bye.